You know your strength well, Sonia the Red, but that is not enough. Yes, you've won your battles and will continue to do so until the first time that someone surprises you, at which point you will be killed and most likely eaten by vultures or buried in an extra horse trough they have lying around or something like that. And that will be the end of Sonia the Red. Red Sonia, Volumes 1 and 2, Scorched Earth and the Queen's Gambit, written by Mark Russell. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome! <laughs> Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me as always is my chainmailed bikini-wearing one and only... Uh, the greatest co-host in the world, and that's not Hyperion, Travis Ratz. <laughs> Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast, where Travis and I delve deep into graphic novels or trades or talk about what's going on in the in what we're viewing and seeing in nerddom. You are on a comic book club episode, folks, and uh, it is the second one of the new year. Um, exciting stuff. We've got two volumes. Exciting, that were, like weird, wild stuff coming your way. Weird, wild stuff coming your way. Uh, we've got two volumes that we're doing today. We are doing uh, uh, on Dynamite Comics, Red Sonia, and we're doing the uh, Mark Russell Volume One and Volume Two for Mark Russell. Uh, art is by uh, Bob Q and Mirko Kolak. We've got colors by Dirbola Kelly. Um, Hassan Atsmane doing lettering, uh, but there's like all sorts of stuff here. So this is probably out. I want to say 2017, 2018. That's my guess. Yes, because um, they're like in it, the they're all completed now, right? Yeah, all done. And then I think if I look at volume two, it does say at the very end of volume two there is a halloween special from 2018 so i'm going to say that these 12 issues run 17 to 18 would be my guess um so this is 12 issues six in volume one six in volume two the story of red sonia now travis what do you think made us decide i we we love some conan we We joke about conan conan We've read some Conan. I have a stack of old Conan magazines, but you know what I don't have, which I think I need now, now that we've done this, I think I need a stack of old Red Sonia magazines. I tell you what, Dynamite has put some real talent on Red Sonia since um, the last like 10 years. Um, yeah. It feels like they, I mean, let's think about Dynamite. Let's talk about the Dynamite in, in addition, like how they, it seems like they scoop up these properties that yeah. are like uh, that fall between the cracks, and then they're they throw a towel. Your spider, at yeah. Your uh, green hornets, yeah. Your just like all red all, sonias, your yeah, vampirellas, the garage sale IPs. Yes, yeah. So like when you go to a garage sale and you find a dude's creepy comics from back in the day, that's uh, that's dynamite. 
right there. <laughs> and I like how, I mean, or maybe Dark Horse, but in, in a way, they kind of are working like the film industry now. Like, let's take some obscure yeah. character and then let's put a very specific vision on this yeah, character. A, a specific writer, a specific author, um, and really let them kind of play in the sandbox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but so yeah, that's I, what we've got. I took I took you off course. You want to talk. You want to, I see where you're I, Josh, I see you. Josh. Yeah. No, no. I see, I see you, Avatar 2 style. Um, I see We're you. We're going to put our tails together? You Can are, I, whose, you tail, are, whose tail inserts into whose tail? Oh, who's the subtail? Who's the dom tail? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think the tails have to decide that one. Duck tails. Woo! Fuck tails. Uh, woo! I had to. Uh, I had to. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, um, <laughs> I, I guess, so like... What is my, what is my pre- previous experience? Yeah, let's, what's let's, let's previous... go with that old school question. What's your prior yeah. experience with Red Sonja? Yeah, what's your... How have it's, you been exposed to Red Sonja in the past? It's right? classic for a reason. I guess yeah. mine would be the Bridget Nielsen uh, film, I, right? I almost watched that this morning. I almost watched... Red Sunny this morning. I woke up this morning a little early. I knew we were pod. We decided to podcast today, and we're gonna do this book. And I thought maybe I'm gonna watch that. So I went to the one place where I knew it would be, Amazon Prime. Uh, but I I had to rent it, and I was like, eh, I don't want to spend four bucks on this today. Well, I, re- I almost watched it. I remember watching it as a kid, and I th- yeah. think I thought it was a Conan story. I, th- I it, think but was- he doesn't Conan. He's not Conan. He's not it. Conan in it. But I mean. <laughs> He's Conan. Right, but he's not. But and yes, it's crazy but anyway, that, 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 that just happened. And as a kid, you don't understand the business. So it's a bit confusing. And But it's. I remember as a kid probably liking it more. I think Conan is the first one. The Barbarian is the superior of the three movies. Conan the, Conan the Barbarian, Destroyer, and Red Sonja. And I so think- Destroyer goes PG thirteen. So yeah. Destroyer like drops it down, and then Red Sonia is also PG thirteen. Um, so not as you know, like the lamentations of the women. None of that. You know what I mean? But like, Red Sonia, if I remember correctly, felt very D and D to me. I guess yeah, they all I, they all kind of do, but that one especially felt like let's gather so, the crew and. Well, that's that's also that second Destroyer. Uh, the destroyer is also very like the second one is very much let's put our let's put our crew together and do this um but i you know red i mean i think i agree with you i don't know that i've ever read a red sonia comic maybe as like again that sort of you found it at a at a garage sale or something like that like i'm sure i've read it at some point in my life but nothing memorable but mark wade i really like not mark Mark Russell, Russell, not Mark Wade. Mark Russell is a fun writer. We read uh, Corn Dog Girl. We were presidents. Flintstones, uh, Kid President, or whatever it is. We read that one with Corn Dog Girl as a president. But we read uh, the Flintstones. I read Snagglepuss. Like he's a very sort of irreverent and uh, satire. A lot satire, right? A lot of satire. And uh, I was like, okay, well. I had heard good things about this run. Um, I wasn't expecting a ton because dynamite, right? Like right. I, that. I don't mean to be, you know, to to bash on. You don't mean a, to a blow cup. their spot. Yeah, I don't mean dynamite. to blow their spot, but but uh, not not a not a comic book company that I'm like, oh man, I got to read what Dynamite's putting out, right? But I heard good things. I like Mark Russell. I thought, hey, we love Conan. 
let's let's read it and do something different, right? Let's read another barbarian tale, but let's take a fun author and see what he does with it. So, well, we I mean, read it's, it. It's interesting that uh, Red Sonia was originally uh, a comic book creation based on a character from the the Howard books, uh, but yeah. like somewhat. Uh, but it was Roy Thomas in the seventies who yeah. was writing Conan and created the red Sonya that we know, especially, you know, the visual, I mean, yeah. that's such an iconic look for the chainmail bikini. Yeah. Is... Which we'll talk about the decision to keep that in this modern version. I think you have to talk about that, right? Especially yeah, with, I, with, I uh, think so him as uh, being the writer and, and being a satirist. What do you gotta do here? So, I guess the best uh, before we this is, we're going to jump into this, but let's kind of give yeah. a broad overview because we only read the first two volumes, uh, yeah. which kind of uh, ends a larger kind of epic war, kind of bigger arc, right? Yeah. yeah. So what we've got is we've got Red Sonia, and she gets a message to come back home. Right? She comes back home. She's voted to be, or she's on the run or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, and she's voted by the council to be the queen of her former hometown. Because right. the uh, yes. uh, Hyperia, I believe it's called or something like that, uh, hy- hyper- some emperor. Hyperion Age, but it's like, hy- uh, yeah. Uh, so the Emperor uh, uh, Dragon, yeah, uh, uh, the Magnificent, is <laughs> basically just running through and just... Conquering know, it's, it's imperialism, right? He's just taking yeah. over all these lands uh, and... Um, so when Red Sonja shows up back at home, that's his next target. And they're like, oh, we talk about Red Sonja's home is, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, so she comes back home. They're like, this guy's going to attack. No one wants to be the leader of this when he does. So you, you're in charge. And they basically yeah. skedaddle. Yeah, the, the Zamoran Empire, right? So he's the emperor of Zamora. He essentially says, you know, if you, you surrender... And we take your family and we turn them into Zamorans. We, tr- we like lead them. You're, you get to be the leader still, but we're going to take your family away. Um, and you get all the benefits, but the, every, all the leaders are like, okay, either way, this sucks. If, if, if the leaders of her hometown are like, if we get chosen, then we have to give up our families. We have to do all this stuff. Okay. Red Sony, you're, you're the leader now, right? right. You make the decision. And she decides to fight. Yeah. Right. Because she's Red Sonia. She decides and to fight. There's and so- also the other incentive too. She finds out she has like a cousin who she hadn't seen since a kid who who lives there. Right. So that kind of helps her uh, uh, step. She want to give up her family. Right. Do the right thing. You know. Yeah. So she does the right thing. She wants to fight, and it ends up being two volumes, twelve issues of this of flashbacks to her learning to be a warrior. Um, the uh, battle there's maps i love maps yeah it's it's, it's braveheart and the patriot but with red sonia <laughs> it's braveheart right. it's braveheart but red sonia guerrilla war tactics yes uh, yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's it's the tale of even how does any it's 300 right it's any like how does any small force defeat the larger empire right a very tried and true trope and of course with a decent amount of not as heavy satire as I would have thought, but there's yeah. still some satire in there. There's some jokes in there. Um, but there's also really, a lot of wisdom too, uh, yeah. especially in the flashbacks that will that I'm right. sure we'll we'll discuss. Yeah, but Mark Russell does a really good job of just telling a straightforward 
kind of sword and sorcery tale. Yeah. Right. Like it is not as out there as I thought having, you know, having read the Flintstones, having read kid president, like knowing that he can lay into the satire, but they, it also feels more smaller scope uh, in the sense of the Flintstones is very domestic. A kid president is in some ways domestic as well. It's there's one kind of small problem and then we're dealing with that. And we're moving to the next issue, you know? Yeah. Um, but all right. So uh, let's just start off with this. I think we both like this series yeah. so far. Yeah. And it I was think, fun. I, yeah, I think one ahead, of the I'm things sorry. I like most about it is uh, Russell does a really good job. And this is maybe the historical side of it. I don't know how much research research he did, but it feels like he really did attempt to look at war tactics that someone would use. And like you said, Josh, they have the maps and they very, they liberally use these maps to show where the armies are, to show where bridges are, to show where um, allies are. And I love that shit as well. (laughs) So do I. Like as a guy, as like a former history teacher, right? Like most of history when when you teach world history is a lot of, wars and a lot of like the greeks did this and then here and, and they you know, invented all, the all catapult and, and that allowed the smaller forces to beat the larger forces right and so i really appreciated sort of that piece of it but i also really did love the sort of leaning in on the silliness of the emperor of dragon or what is yeah, that dragon name? Like, it. yeah yeah, like leaning into the goofiness of that character and the goofiness of this guy who's like, no, right? It's pure Machiavelli, right? Yeah. This idea of like, this is what I do. If you don't want to follow me, I'm going to put you in a cage. Oh, wait, we're, you know, like, uh, I'm going to take your first, I'm going to take all of your firstborn and teach them how to, you know, be Zamorin and, and do all of these different things. It was I really enjoyed that sort of mustache twirling villainy, yeah. right? Well, and it's he almost does buffoonish have... villainy yes, that is yes. so buffoony that it becomes evil again. Because it's not like he's just a complete joke. Like he does things, he does pose a threat at times because you know that he is so absurd that he will throw yes. as many men as it takes. He will sacrifice whatever it takes for his ego to win. Hmm. Right. And <laughs> I I really did I did really enjoy this sort of like this back and forth uh, continuing to go look at him and seeing what he's doing compared to like how he's leading versus how Sonia's Red Sonia's leading right? right you get this juxtaposition both of them and how they're kind of like handling their forces how they're rallying their troops how they're sort of being the leader and and how they're going to make it through this and i really did um i really did enjoy that aspect of it of well that is the aspect of this book because we're talking about two volumes here and mm-hmm. it's the same story for like 12 issues it's this yeah. long continuing campaign against dragon and i think a lot of people would have done that in a six issue arc like that story would have been told in the six issue arc you would have cut out half the small skirmishes. You would have, you would have, if you had to cut something, you'd cut all the war talk. You'd cut the flashbacks, which were my favorite part of this book. Um, <laughs> and so I think I really love his approach there. Of, of and it, it seems very intentional. Where he sat down, and he said, "All right, I want to talk about 
this story where, you know, Red Sonja goes back and she has to defend her homeland against this invading army. But I really yeah. want to milk it. I really want to milk the, the concept of what it takes for a guerrilla-style force to come up against this giant empire. Right. I did. I, I, I really like the first volume ends on one big battle, right? That they push back the forces, um, but it's not over, right? They still have to be on the run. It ends with a bridge battle, right? Mm. Isn't that the end of the first fight? The they end with volume. a bridge. Because doesn't he die well, the, at the end of the bridge battle? Um, no, I think the bridge is the end of the first, the end of the first one, isn't it? Okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, the, the bridge battle is a great example of that because they're like, well, let's funnel all their troops to this bridge. We can, I mean, they're underneath the bridge poking spears in them. They're shooting arrows at them. And then Dragon is just throwing more and more power. He's like, now send in the elephant guys. Now send in the berserkers. Now send in, er-. like just, he's just, every time something gets defeated, he's just, let's send the next biggest thing. Regardless of the cost in lives and expense of money, and meanwhile, Red Sonia is doing like Iroquois, you know, tactics, you know, right. like right. supply Just... lines and going behind the lines and not fighting, yeah. quote unquote, fairly. I really I really thought that this was a kind of a like I really appreciated sort of the drawn out nature of it. I was surprised, you know, having read a bunch of like old Conan magazines. This is a one issue. Conan, like this is like one story. In a Conan magazine, right? Well, like Jason, you got the even four... Jason Aaron's Conan, it's all these one little one-shot stories, right? Yeah. But I really do appreciate this sort of like, let's tell this long story. Let's sit with these characters. Let's learn more about Red Sonia. Let's learn more about this empire. Let's do this. And in fact, it I you read volume three, right? No. No? Okay. So this spreads into... I mean, Russell's still writing volume three, and so it spreads into volume three. Now it's Dragon's son is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, okay, all right. This is like a giant epic tale, right? It feels very much like Troy or like, you know, like those sorts of um, big, long battle stories. When you think of like Homer and the Odyssey. Yeah, generational. Like that. Yeah. 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 And so I, I really did love that sort of aspect to it. A couple times through the two volumes, I was like, okay, we're not done with this yet. Mm. <laughs> like, at, there was a couple times where it dragged, but then it picked back it dragged up. On. And I think, yeah, it dragged on a little bit. Um, but it picked back up and it found its footing again. And um, I read the first volume and I was like, okay, I got to read the second one. Yeah. I'm going to read it because it didn't, it doesn't finish out. I expected it to. It didn't. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to read volume two and see where this goes. Volume two had a good, solid enough ending, right? Yeah. Uh, she felt, defeats. It, yeah, you could, you could yeah. stop there if you wanted to. Yeah, you could have stopped there. And, I, and I, it really hit this part where I was like, okay. So let's talk a little bit about Red Sonia as a character. You and, mentioned and, it earlier. Yeah, what, is, what does she give us? By having Red Sonia as a character, what, take, what, what different spin does it allow us to tell this, like, as you were saying, one, the epic story, but two, also the Braveheart, Patriot, yeah. you know, Rebel Force. So by having read Sonya, what do you think? Do you have a... a- I, I think first and foremost, it flips the script on who's the leader, right? You get, you know, the female ultra, you know, fighter to lead the story, right? 
as opposed to this being the trope of King Conan. Mm. Oh, you know, like you get to play with Red Sonia, this battle-worn warrior becomes queen, and now she has responsibility beyond herself. Right. Right. Because if it was Conan and he showed up, he would be like, oh shit, it's Conan. We're good. Right. But no right. one one of the things that in the slow burn allows us to do is you see all the people that uh, all of uh, Red Sonia's warriors start to gain more and more confidence in her until right. there's bet- betrayals and you get to see the ones that are truly on her side and, and how she goes about these tactics. But yeah, I think that is one aspect that having Red Sonia be a female to kind of flips the script because it's not like, oh, this is the epic. This is not Achilles going back home. This is not Conan going back home. This is not Hercules going back home. Right. This is someone it's... who has a name for themselves, but in that name, there is still questions of, is it all name or does she have the goods to back it up? Right. It's a, I mean, her name's, I mean, it's Sonia, right? If it were Red Carl, everyone would be like, ooh, Carl's a badass. Let Carl do it. You know what I mean? But that that idea of like, it's a woman, it's a woman warrior. One, it, it flips all of the script on sort of like, warrior heroes right um and two it lets you play really like i mentioned earlier that juxtaposition between dragon and her dragon being this sort of like uber you know this 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 man versus her and then even his his solution at one point is like let's get married yeah just marry me it's fine you can marry me yeah, everything's okay. We'll you do get what, what want. you want. I get what I yeah. want. No, regardless if I'm married and have a kid already, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it allows you to play with that. And then it allows you to play, like you mentioned, this sort of like, um, can we trust her? Can we trust a woman to lead us into battle? You get to play with that story. And then also, I think you just get to like treat red Sonia in a way where she's, I mean, yes, she's in the metal bikini. Right. She's in the chainmail bikini, but it's she it's not tart poses everywhere, right? It's not um those well, sort yeah, of well, like I, I think because because she she takes up the task of defending this town without a lot of motivation at that point, where you're just kind of like, Oh, why is she doing this? Why does she skedaddle? It just shows her autonomy in there that like she calls her own shots. And right. once you once you have that big plot point, then you're like, Oh, why is she wearing this? sexy chainmail like well she's clearly shown in all her decisions that she has complete autonomy on her life she makes her own decisions everything has a reason for her uh yeah but at the same time the whole chainmail thing it's not used ever really in a way where it's like i use this because sexuality is a weapon there's no scenes where it's like hubba 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 right like and then the guy's like, <laughs> like I'll, I'll, i i will turn coattail because you're so sexy red sonia <laughs> right that doesn't that doesn't happen and i think like um that is red sonia right like i think there's a point now where like you can't change that outfit because then it isn't red sonia like I, we'll talk a little more at the end about what this made me go read after I was mm. done reading this, just to kind of talk about that idea of like, what's the costume look like and, and what does this mean? And I think like, but you're right. There's never a time in the book where, you know, men are like, Oh, Red Sonia, right? Like that bikini isn't used in a way it's powerful. And oftentimes she has this big fur on with it, or she has this white cloak over it. There's different things that go with it, but she's still, she's still wearing it. 
Um, in the larger and, aspect of, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Like, and then she gets, you know, the crown that goes with it, the kind of like antler crown that she has with it that Boulay just crown. is also very badass, right? The bootleg crown she's wearing. Well, there's, it's almost an exercise, too, uh, of where Red Sonja comes out because Red Sonja is rebooted again in comics, of course, in the 90s, but with, for, but for a specific reason to be the, in that group of the Witchblades, the Gwen, yes. uh, Gen 13s, uh, uh, and, I feel just knowing Russell, I feel like that was a part of taking the gig. It's like, let's take, even though people had done interesting things with Red Sonia prior to Russell yeah. and done some things on there that were, 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 that I've heard are pretty good. And, and I think it's just that sense of, all right, let me keep this aesthetic that we were just awash with in the nineties, you know, thin yeah. wasted, chain-mailed, big-breasted women in comics. Let's keep that. But then let's, let's, I don't know, build, you know, because I think a lot of authors might be like, the first thing I'm going to jettison if I'm going to have people take Red Sonja seriously is the outfit. And I think it becomes a challenge for a writer to keep that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it becomes this thing of like, how can I, I mean, you're, you're battling that at the same time, right? You're battling this preconceived thing of like, oh, it's the warrior bikini thing, right? Um, you're, you're battling that. And I think he tells a really good story with that. And just saying that, like, just that's never part of the story. Right. And, it goes, and I think that yeah. that's, I think that that's a really interesting, I mean, that's a really good way to do it. Yeah. This is just her outfit. This is what it is, but it is just, it's just who she is. Yeah. She never really seduces anyone like in that. No. And it's like, Oh, this is why I wear it. And if you, if you look at it, there's never really any, I mean, the most kind of like provocative images are the covers. Yeah. Right. Like those are the ones where like it's the bikini is on full display and all that. But the rest of it, it's not it's not something where when you go back and read and look through some of those classic like old Red Sonia books or some of those old Vampirella or old like those books, like it is clearly like there to tantalize and there to sort of like be that pulp thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but it isn't played that way here, right? No. She's not the the Martian babe, right? With She's Joan of Arc. Yes, yeah, right. And and I think that that's kind of the really the really cool part of this story is I like Mark Russell a lot. I think he did a really good job of of taking this concept, right? This empire versus small band of, and of soldiers, <laughs> yeah, and, and doing and doing this thing with it. And I mean, it's over and over in in media and comics and stories and movies like it is a tried and true formula. I mean, look, America, you, you mentioned uh, Patriot before, like America, we have this preconceived notion that like the British Empire versus a ragtag group of, you know, militia men, right? that they just needed to be led by the right man and yeah. then, or the right person. And then you've got this here, right? Like she's George Washington. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, she's she's like, not she the right man. Role. She's the only man to step up and right. do it. It's not like we're not voting in what we want. 
right. the, and they even had that kind of pseudo voting process to show you it's it's not like we're not looking for the right person. We're just looking for someone to take this up. And there is a sense of that whole like, you know, greatness is thrust upon you and, and stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I think even though I, I think the most Mark Russell or uh, the most Russell part of this uh, book is the dynamic between Dragon and his servants feels yes, the most yeah. Russell, Russell of the whole yes. book. The well, Sonya I mean, he, side of it is a little bit less. And it feels like right. he uses the goofiness that we're used to with Russell's satire. He saves that for the Empire story. And then yes. his, his, the way he deals with his servants and the class in there is really cool. Right. And one of my, one of my, one of my favorite things is this one guy who like cuts his face off. Oh, it feels so preacher. It's so like he like cuts his face off so that um he can convince red sonia that like he's turned tail right like look what my master did to me and every time they like show his image people are like oh my god uh. yeah he looks like voldemort <laughs> yes yeah um or like red skull right like yeah. this very sort of gross thing um but i i thought that that whole all of the bits and pieces with the emperor and his family or the emperor and his minions. I thought all of that was, was very great. Like the idea of like, what do you mean? The supply lines aren't here. Tell my wife to send me more stuff. Right. Like he, he doesn't have money. Mm -hmm. He like conquered in and had this empire from his wife. And so he has to ask, ask his wife for money over and over again to sort of like bail out this ongoing war effort, which I think is funny. Like, the reason he's doing it is because he was told um, if you, as soon as your empire stops expanding, you'll die. Yeah. So he's and, constantly picking off every little thing he can. So that way the prophecy never comes true. Right. And I was really surprised out of this whole story. The only piece I expected a little more supernatural thrown in. The only part was when she goes to see the witches. Right. right. Yeah. 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 And, and, the tower. and I, and, and that's felt out of place for the rest of the story. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's none of that in, in the book. That is not that sort of like barbarian with magic isn't in most of it. It is very much a skirmish, a battle, a war, without sort of like the underpinning of like the fantastical elements, right? Well, it falls into the hero's journey, right? Like the, Hey, I'm giving you the reward you want without the fight. Right. And right. you can either deny it or you can accept it. And of course in the hero's journey, you have to deny it, you know? Right. Uh, right. And, but I, but that part to me was interesting that <clears throat> you're right. It is very much like, again, it is that sort of epic tale, right? It's the witches who tell your fortune, right? Like that. Or Braveheart, where they say, hey, we're going to make you a lord. Yeah. And we're going to give you these lands. And he's like on his horse. And he's like, turn your armies around right now, William Wallace. And we will give you, we'll make you a lordship. And we will spare your armies. My, well, co I, my she, countrymen, she, my Scotchmen. <laughs> but she also, I mean, she gets that when he says he'll marry her, right? So she's she's faced with this opportunity to kind of like not do this battle over and over again, but she can't, right? Yeah. She won't give up. It's her home. It's her homeland. It is her family, so to speak, and she won't give up on it. And I really did. I really thought like that one part was the one part that that 
that was weird to me was the witches part because there's none of that in it. And if like, as a guy who has a ton of like Conan books, there's always some witch in a cave mm. or someone has sorcery or there's frog people that he has to fight. This was a very much like Sonia fighting the evil empire. Right. Right. Very much like person you, to person. You said something conflict. in there that made me think, and I, I guess it's pretty obvious in the story, but just kind of the way you laid it out made me think that this is a pretty deep story. Is or how we're how we're kind of tweaking that that story a, a little bit is her homeland is shit. It is yeah, right. It's She's like, not fighting to like, save anything. Like great. Dirt hills and like kind of shitty people and like kind of lawless and stuff like that. So she's not trying to say, she's not trying to save some utopia, right? right? There's no, like, I have, this is the only thing that's good in the world. I have to save it. Or right. the, the people in here will go on to do great things. No, they're crooks and thieves and, and savages. And there's still that sense of duty. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is I, much more important than making it either a perfect warrior race or a perfect utopia by making it this kind of dense hive of scum and villainy. Villainy, right? Yeah. Like thieves. It is a thieves town, right? Yeah. It is a thieves, a collective of thieves and bad guys. And and again, she is saving it not because her, I mean, her cousin is there, but there's no other tie. You're right. Right. And he it's gets dropped like, out. He gets dropped out. Yeah. Like the first half, bond, yeah, yeah. right? Um, but I, I look, it was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, aside from red Sonia. Well, I, I want to say, I want to, yeah. I want to give this a, a, a moment to my favorite parts were the flashbacks with her and her mentor. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what were your favorite pieces of it? Yeah. And that was, I thought those, the writing in that I thought was so good. It was very, I don't know, like Homer-esque in the sense of here's the lesson. And he for yeah. each lesson, he found kind of a cool way to, I mean, maybe as like te- maybe it's the teacher in me, you know, the <laughs> sense of how yeah. can you teach something without teaching it, you know? It's yeah. the Mr. Miyagi, right? Wax on, right. wax off. So he was constantly doing these really kind of cool wax on, wax offs that I haven't seen before. And I well, yeah. it's, it's the same same thing, different shell. And right, right. I thought he did a really creative way. He did maybe about seven or eight of those, and each one I was so glad to get back to because I'm just like, okay, here's the formula. She is trying to win, and she's going to go about it the way anyone else would, like the way you and I would, Josh. Yeah. And then he's going to tell us why we're wrong. Right, and then she uses that. Yeah. in her in her battle right so yeah. it is very much it very much follows this sort of epic tale right like you're getting the the flashbacks the lessons that they learned in their youth to 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 put it to good use in the in the battle ahead you're getting all of these pieces of it so aside from red sonia aside from red sonia who's your favorite sort of secondary character in this oh yeah the mentor um uh, oh mentor i mean is- i think Honestly, I mean, there's basically two characters in this. I think this actually is one of the. Uh, if I had a, if I had a criticism of this book, I would uh-huh. say that the, some of the secondary characters, other than Dragon the men, and the mentor, and maybe one of Dragon's uh, lackeys, 
aren't yeah. very fleshed out. Like like Sonya's band of rebels, I I, I don't. Who are they? Yeah, right. I, I I don't feel for her cousin really when he dies. I don't feel for like his, her the warrior women that she has around her. Even though he gives us a little bit on there, I just don't feel like they have enough personality like Dragon has or Dragon's assistant right. has that makes yeah. me be, feel like this is a fully fleshed out character. And I would say like Dragon's assistant is my is my favorite sort of secondary character mm-hmm. in it because he does get the most screen time, if you mm-hmm. will, right? Like he gets he gets the biggest part outside of Red Sonia and Dragon. I got a feeling um, he's going to play a big part in uh, Volume Three. I really, I also really like the, uh, the, um, the sort of the part about the prime minister, her, like her, like prime minister. Yeah. The but guy who's, just... who won the truth, the most honest man. Yeah. Like I, I think that's a really good one. I also, I, I'm curious about the, um, the actual dad. Right, because we find out that Dragon Dragon's son is not really his son. That oh my god, I forgot about that whole mini arc. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah so Josh. it's this little tiny thing, and so like Dragon's mother in some blind, I I don't know, like warrior or whatever, yeah. like magician or whatever you have it. He's the guy who is his actual son, and his right? backstory is fascinating. With the, right giving up stuff and like wanting to see the gods. And then he sees that each God is like a Russian doll version of another greater God. And there's this sense of you're trying, you're trying so hard to be the conqueror of earth and the world, but yeah, look who's above you. And then look who's above them. And then look who's above them. You're all just one branch of this larger thing. And they have this beautiful image of a snake's tongue that had, Uh, a god on it and then that god had millions of snakes it was just is so trippy yeah and so that's the thing where like that is a blip in this story right and so there's all these little pieces where i'm like oh we didn't get a lot of that and it's two volumes right Mm -hmm. so i like russell is building a lot of world in these two volumes he's adding a lot of characters and telling you about these warrior women and telling you about, you know, different parts of this. But really this is a story about two people, Mm -hmm. right? This is really Dragon and Red Sonia's story and everybody else is kind of there in the background. They're giving you flavor. And, and I, I agree with you. That's the one thing if I could criticize about the story is those pieces. I'm like, Oh, I want a little bit more about them. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an issue where we follow that guy in 12 issues? But at the Can same you... time, because it's so slow, at, like the slow burn as it is, if you had to yeah. take that slow burn and then add a whole separate issue with right, right. The, the handmaiden or whatever it is, you, yeah. you it, it would just be like, oh, it might be, it might turn me off. Agreed. Agreed. And so that's why it's curious that it is literally 12 issues of one battle. Yeah. Right. That's an interesting thing for any comic creator to do now. To not get your story done in six issues, to not get your main arc done. Cause it's not like there's a bunch of, it's not like this is your B plot that's running through a whole bunch of other, like two other big stories. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I could see the war lasting 12 issues as a B plot. And then there's two big A plots for six issues, but that's not the case, right? This is the A plot for 12 issues. And then there's some little B, there's like, 
lots of C plots in the background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really interesting way, like comics, you and I read a lot of stuff and that's not the case. You want to get your four five, six issue arc done. You can put it in a trade and it's done. Black label. Right. Get it at, look, I'm a sucker for, give me those, you know, what is it? They're like 40 pages in a comic. Give me that 120 pages. Boom. That's it. Give me that story in and out. We're good. Um, Let's talk. This you don't see very much anymore. No, let, let's talk art, Travis. I think if there's one place where this feels mm-hmm. dynamite, mm-hmm. it's the art. It's yeah. not great because it's I, not bad, but it's mo- not great. moments of greatness and moments right. of utter like, ugh. Yes, there are some really, really great panels. Uh, there's two artists. One of them does the main plot. One of them does the flashbacks. The main plot art, much better than the flashback art, I think. Um, or Very actually, there's a couple different flashback artists. I, I don't know. Even it with seems... two artists, it feels like there's six, Josh. Yeah. Yes, you're you're right because it does feel like the the main artist is all over the place. Yeah, I feel like sometimes his inks are super heavy, and it and it makes some of it look odd, and then other times the inks aren't heavy. Yes. I'm, like, I'm holding up a panel yeah. for Josh where it just feels like, oh, yeah, you're right. Every, the, like, heavy inks. Like sometimes. And the coloring the inks, too is so inconsistent. But then you look at a panel like this. I'm showing you right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's three really good panels. Um, like there are some, there are spots in this that are really, really good. And then there are parts of it where I go, hmm, this isn't great, right? But look, I read two volumes of this. I read two volumes of it not loving the art. So well, which the is story weird is in good. a fantasy because in a fantasy, the, you feel like the art is so important in that world building, but really the backgrounds are very sparse as far as the world. I mean, this takes place in kind of like a more of a desert, like we, like we said, right. a burnt out scorch. It's called scorch. One of the volumes is called scorched earth. So there isn't a lot to show at some point they go into like the woods and you're like, Oh, this, but you would think in a fantasy, it would be about, Oh, and there's just really cool trees, and there's this really cool this, and the dunes feel duny and epic, and and that's yeah. not the case in this. It's it's all about that dialogue between these characters. Well, I mean, literally, she's like burning in that first volume. Red Sonia is burning everything behind her, right? Just yeah. destroying everything. That's what two volumes are. She's destroying everything behind her as the so that the that dragon's troops as they move forward have nothing. Right. It's that very sort of like we're going to destroy everything so that they don't they can't they have to keep resupplying. Their supply long has to be so long because there's no access. I mean, uh, in the Civil War, right, like that's what um, the the North did, just burned plantations and destroyed everything, killed cattle um, so that the South could not regroup. Well, right. here's, a, here's an interesting question that I don't think I've ever, yeah. I've ever asked in the, almost like the nine years we've had this podcast. <laughs> would this would this story, do you think, work better with Mark Russell writing it as a novel than a comic book? The way it is right with, with the art the way it is right now. Yeah. If you're going to have you know, art like this, 
would it be better to do it in three 120 page or novellas or one big novel? That's a really good question. I having, you know, I have a couple Conan novels, those, you know, the old uh, stories tied together uh, from, from Robert Howard. And uh, I think modern writing, I'd probably dig a red Sonia novel. Mm-hmm. I would probably dig it. I don't know if I'd read it though. Yeah. Right. Because of just because of the property. Yeah. And would it, would, the property doesn't get me to read the, the novel. The property gets me to check out a comic book. But uh, the, the novelty of like, Hey, Mark Russell, this guy, you know, is writing yeah. well, yes. a novel. Okay, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mark Russell, put Mark Russell's name on it. I'll read it. Right. I would totally, ch- if you I, 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 I want to see how he writes description too. Like, like Sonia sat dejectedly in the corner, nipples out, <laughs> chainmail <laughs> cold. <laughs> you know? I like I'm I I'm yeah, I think that's a good point. But I read it and I read two volumes back to back. There was no. Break. Oh yeah, I we, we, uh, we uh, to be honest, audience, we read this like three, maybe a month ago uh, when we had said, "Hey, why don't we?" I said, "Why don't we do another Conan book?" And he said, "Well, why don't we do Red Sonia?" And I said, "Okay." And and I like I'll I'll download it because. I we finally got Josh to do the Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> I do have Kindle Unlimited. And these are available on Kindle Unlimited, so there's no there's 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 no penalty for clicking into it and just downloading the next one. And going, eh. But if you I think like, that's a like te- I think it's a I testament. I, exactly. I think that's a testament to it because it's free. Right. It's you're free. not obligated. Well, it's not free, but you're not, you don't feel obligated. So many of these ones that I'll try out for free. Like I, I had downloaded the Wolverine Punisher story for a plane yeah. and stuff like that, or the fantastic four stuff like that. If I get, you know, 40 pages into the comic, I'm not liking it. I'm like return new comic, you know? Right. Right. No, I agree. Like I feel the same way. Like, look, I read both these volumes. The art isn't great, but it worked. It worked. I mean, yeah. it, it drives the story it gives you enough. I've seen much worse art, so I'm I'm not going to be too judgy. I think the flashbacks are probably the weakest art in it because those seem the most inconsistent. But um, look, I dug it. I really had fun with it. I want to read volume three, um, but I needed a Red Sonia break. Yeah. But I will admit, I didn't take a Red Sonia break. Um, I want to, I want to talk about like what this drove me. I also did. I also did the same thing too. I have another reason, but go ahead. Yeah. One, this got me to, this got me to get Kindle unlimited Mm -hmm. so I can read a bunch of stuff. I mean, that's, that's like one month right there. What you would pay to buy these in volume, maybe two months. Right. Right. And it would be like, I mean, I think the, I think it was 1399 is the original, the for volume one, if you want to get it on comiXology, right. Or the paperback or whatever. Um, so for me, it ended up being, uh, I went this and I was like, okay, I'm going to read more. But before we get into that, before we get into that, we got two things we got to answer before we go on to our aside of what this made us read afterwards. So Travis, instead of favorite panels, because dynamite, look, they know, they know how they sell books they sell variant covers Mm -hmm. that's how they get that's how they get comic book shops to order more of them because the more you order you get different variants if you're a cover person you go no i want variant c order me variant c right like you order this stuff so every issue has 
three or four variant covers. Five, six variant covers. And they put the them volume, all on the back of the volume. Usually, usually issue one has the most variant covers, right? Okay, so let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Issue, issue six, six, issue six, issue six, has, six five. has five variant yeah, covers. I'm looking at that right now. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, other ones have five variant covers, right? So five to six variant covers for each of these issues. One thing they did for all of them was a cosplay cover. Yeah. But look, these are these are these are gals who work Comic Cons and they do this for a living. And so like they passion. get to sell, yeah, yeah, yeah. they get to sell this and sign it at Comic Cons, right? So they make their I, own I costumes got, probably and right. And look, some of those, some of those costumes were pretty, pretty darn, pretty darn good uh impressive impressive stuff the wigs not as impressive on some of yeah these movies, but... and some of the, I, I like to imagine the photo shoot in, in some of the environments where you're like that's an office you're, building yeah you're in a bank <laughs> issue five yeah mia you're at a bank um or my but it's uh, so very nice talk... that they gave them the instagram handle on in the, the volume yeah too, on so the cover right them. like yeah so you can go check them out i thought that was pretty cool so let's let's talk who is your favorite cover artist well, i think th- I, th- I think there are three that are the constantly main, very cover artists i, I you the go, main ahead, go ahead and say artist, the main go ahead and say the main. the main no i mean like the the person who does all of the regular covers for this book is fantastic so uh that is not the artist for the book so if you're looking at this and you're like ooh, volume one i want to check it out um the actual art for any any of these comics the covers is not by the interior artist, which is a, again, a very sort of like um, normal thing. Right. So the covers um, Christian Ward does a lot of, does a lot of the main covers. Yes. Right. And he is and in those, my, my top three of the covers, man, those are good, but the variant covers. All right. I we're gotta gonna, say, we're gonna, we got to treat this like, like a favorite panel. Josh. Okay. Give me variant cover. Favorite, favorite cover. Uh, Joseph Michael Linzer. Is yeah. is the is the guy? Okay, his covers are fantastic. Are so are fantastic, fantastic. They, I mean, they really do bring about that um, uh, the Frank Frazetta, but a little more, but a little more cartoony, a little bit, a little right? bit more cartoony, a little bit more, and the colors on it are fantastic. A little bit more matted, a little bit more. Uh, also- uh, what's the the one who did all the pinups? What's the artist? Um, famous pinup artist. Gabby has like a whole, he's a famous artist. He did pinups. Dang it. That's what they remind me of. I can't remember how to ask her. Um, but holy cow. Um, all of them are, all of his covers are so, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Every one of them is fantastic. Yeah. I, I, he, it really is. I mean, you could, like, that is stuff like it's like, as a 38-year-old dude, I you know, I don't want to put pictures of Red Sonia on my wall, but like those you're like, oh, I mean, this is art. Yes, Joe Jusco does a couple of them. Well, yeah, so are- mine was oh, uh, I was going to say um Lizard's yeah, top. Uh Ward, I put right up there as well, but also uh, hits it is Bob Q. Bob Q does some good ones. Bob Man, does some at, good ones. Look at this one right here. How how good it's so good. Uh, that's Joe Jusco. Then, so he does some a, of them. Julian doesn't do as many of them, but Julian Totino Ted, Tedesco uh, yeah. right here. Like, look at this one. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really good as well. He has a very sort of like 
renaissance painting sort of look to him right like um and man they're just all very good man you know who i like to see like i like to see like fiona staples take a shot at red sonia Ooh, i bet you she'd do a really good one yeah 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 um all right, man. So what did you read? So, what did you read? What did so it inspire you? I finished I finished this and then I read Red Sonia and Vampirella. Yeah. I read I read their their first volume, a crossover between them. Essentially, Red Sonia finds this stone that leaps her through time. And so she ends up with Vampirella, who is an alien who's now on Earth. They run into each other. Vampirella helps Red Sonia get the stone so she can go back to go back home was it fun or leave it was great it was the dynamite. art was yeah, yeah yeah the art was fan fan freaking tastic dude it was so like it was so archy looking um it was it was it was a ton of fun i really enjoyed that one let me let me find who did that one really quick it should be right here um oh jordy belair does the oh. uh uh, let's see. So Jordi Belair writes it. Um, Jordi Belair wrote it. Art by Drew Moss. Colors by Rebecca Nolte. And it's a great, a great team, dude. Like the art is just, it's fun. Um, it's goofy, right? Like how else is it? It has to be goofy, mm. right? Like it's a space alien vampire meets a barbarian from the past. But they also have ones where Red Sonia meets Betty and Veronica, and also Red yeah. Sonia meets Betty, Veronica, and Vamp- <laughs> Vampirella. So <laughs> let's cross, let's cross it all over. So that's it. Made me read that, and I had a ton of fun. And then reading that book made me go get uh, Vampirella, the old Vampirella magazines, Volume One, because Kindle Unlimited. So I was reading uh, old Dynamite archives uh magazines like vampirella magazines one through seven so okay. we're like vampirella is essentially the crypt keeper or elvira, yeah, yeah, elvira and she like yeah. starts she starts off the story makes a little funny joke the story goes and then at the end she's like mm, i guess he should have i guess he should have uh like watched out kept for his, his head <laughs> yeah something like kept his head about him or yeah. something like that uh but it's that's that's it made me jump into that and that's been a lot of fun to kind of like go like what do other like what are people reading that i don't read because i never i never would have probably picked up a vampirella meets red sonia book right jordi belair great colorist never read anything she wrote this was a ton of oh god it was it was a fun little five or six issues yeah and i think that uh we always talk about who'd recommend this to i think this is a, a one of i mean Listen, there's lots of uh, epic stories out there in all kinds of medium, but there's not a whole lot right right now happening in comics over something like four volumes. And I think that if you have that inclination to like big epic war stories, read this book, read this, read the four volumes. I'm going to finish off the volume three and four. So definitely check it out. Yeah. So, well, Travis, what did this get you to read? What else did you read? Uh, I read uh, the next... We had done uh, Conan's... Uh, Jason Aaron's Volume 1. So I read yeah. Volume 2 of that. I, I went oh, ahead and got the Volume 2. This made you two. go back and bounce Volume 2? Yeah, 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 all right, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. Did you like it? I did. I, I did. There's still going through that Red Witch. You know, yeah. everything ends with... But 
that was before the you know the children of the yeah. red witch killed him and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I I, I want to continue that and, and doing things like that. So awesome, awesome. Right. Uh, so Travis, I think I think that's it, my man. Uh, this is the second book of the new year. Uh, Travis and I, if you listen to the episode, the book before this was um, refrigerator full of heads. Refrigerator full of heads. That was a ton of fun. We've got other books coming up. Uh, we're going to kind of plot out what that looks like. We're trying something different to get more episodes in your ears. Folks, you can find the uh, the shows on your favorite podcast app or over at comicexposure.com. I want to thank you for tuning in. Rate, review, share it however you do. And uh, Travis and I will see you next trade. <laughs>